welcome to another Mega Bros podcast. I'm Donnie. And I'm Danny. And Danny, you know, I've had a lot of thoughts since the Super Bowl ended, you know, about 10 days ago at this point. Um, obviously, as a Patriots fan and thus a Tom Brady fan, I, I have many, many feelings, but it's hard to really categorize them all. So I thought today, you know, thinking about football, we just talk about loose balls. Loose balls. I, I like the sound of that. Not not in general, but just for this particular name. That's all I'm talking about. I don't know what you're thinking. That's right. You know, we're going to talk about some loose balls today, you know, and one of the things is something that we have talked about a lot and, you know, really seeing Brady go out, win his seventh now more than any other franchise, you know, uh, more than anyone pretty much ever. Like if he's not cemented as the goat in your mind, then, you know, I apologize for the traumatic brain injury that you've suffered. But, you know, at this point, what does this look like for Brady's legacy and for, you know, let's be realistic, Belichick's? You know, it's funny because going into it, and I still believe this, Brady had nothing to lose because he already had six rings. If he picked Tampa, I mean, Tampa's just a bad losing franchise its whole existence. So, like, it would have been a miracle if he won. So, when you start the season off, that's how I felt. He had nothing to lose. But then he wins it, and he's already the GOAT at this point. He's already, like, the top of the level. But now, he's just, like, transcended the sport. I mean, there's now no longer a conversation of who's below him. It's, it's him and... There's no reason to talk about anything else. I, I just, I can't think of any other argument. I mean, to me, like, the biggest thing, like, Brady has moved on from the football GOAT conversation, um, you know, and I do really appreciate that he shut up all of the Patrick Mahomes GOAT talk because um, I, I just don't like Patrick Mahomes. Like, we've been over this before. I, I just, you know, just he sucks. I don't like him. Yeah, I, I don't need him. Yeah, that being said, Brady shut it down as usual. But with seven rings, he passed Michael Jordan. Like, and I feel like Brady has now really kind of cemented himself as the front runner in terms of like, if you want to talk about American team sports, so, and we're talking about the big four here. Don't give me any like, you know, team tennis or lacrosse or whatever these other like jokes of a sport are like, and when it comes to American professional support sports, it's football, baseball, basketball, hockey. Like, yep, that's probably in that order. Sorry, Dan, not, not a lot of people watch hockey, but no, I understand. Hockey's a niche sport. But that that said, I mean, who who do you rank above Brady at this point? Like he's he I know, I know we always talk about Gretzky being, you know, like literally the god of hockey, but like at this point Brady's in Gretzky territory in terms of football. I think and this is a bias because I I do love football. I think it's probably my favorite sport, but it's almost way more impressive because if you look at the other sports, in the NBA, Michael Jordan just about never left the court. It's, you know, him and 10 players or, or nine other players, he can exert a lot of dominance on the team and, and generally probably just take them to the end and win. But with Brady and football, there's 11 guys. Any play can you know go the wrong way. A fumble can bounce the wrong way. And it's a whole different game. And for him to not only change that offense, but the defense too, because this is what makes him such a great winner is not just what he does, but the the buy-in from the rest of the team where, you know, that defense can get on the field and say, let's just keep it to a score because Brady's on the other side. Or, you know, even if they are down 14 already, just that mentality of let's just keep it here because Brady can win it at any point in the game. And that's a huge thing. Psychologically speaking, it is. And I mean, like, I can tell you, like, I actually just finished the other night reading through uh, The Dynasty by Jeff Benedict, which is a really good book about the Patriots, you know, in the last 20 years. And, you know, good insight into a lot of the ownership type of stuff. But 
one of the things that just kind of stuck with me is how like pretty much every Super Bowl that the Patriots were down in, there's a you know a defensive back, a linebacker, a defensive lineman. Like always, it's always a defensive player like walking up and down the sidelines, telling everybody, "We got this. We got Tom Brady. We got Tom Brady. All we gotta do is just keep it close. We got Tom Brady." And I feel like you're right. Like that's the that's what Brady, that's what Brady brings to Tampa is just that sense that like. I'm not going to screw this up. All you got to do is what you need to do, and I'll take care of the rest. And that's exactly what happened in the Super Bowl. Like, Brady did not have his best game. You know, he didn't throw for 500 yards. He didn't throw for four touchdowns. He didn't lead a comeback from 28 to 3. Haha, <laughs> suck it, Atlanta. <laughs> like, that. yep, take that. But, like, he just, all he had to do was do Brady stuff, and everybody else did the rest. And to me, like, I, I this kind of leads into my next point about Brady, which is that, like, that Super Bowl win was entirely Brady, as much as I just said it wasn't. Like, Tom Brady could have gone to 20, maybe 25 other teams in the NFL in 2020 and won a Super Bowl. I, like, Tampa, not really that special as a team. Like, look where they were with Jameis Winston last year. They're like a, the 7-9, and 8-8 kind of team, throwing a bunch of picks. Like, you know, I mean, decent team, but, like, every other team in the NFL is like that if with the right bounces. But Brady gets there changes the culture and yeah they had some rough losses along the way like they think they lost like three straight in the middle of the season but really like who writes the ship who gets everybody on the same page who holds everybody accountable like it's tom fucking brady like to me as much as you want to say that like all of the patriots wins were brady and belichick you know in various ways tampa's win this year was 99.8 percent tom brady yeah i i completely agree with that and it it just like you mentioned it it's that buy-in it's you know, if if the quarterback of our team, who's already won six championships, is showing up every day, day in and day out, putting that work in, and, and you know that's the thing too with Brady is he gives that he gives the team that buy-in that's so important. And you know, if if the the greatest quarterback of all time, who's already won six championships, shows up to work every day, day in and day out, and puts in all the effort he can, like. You know, you as a player have to look at it and say, this guy knows what it takes to win. And, and where you said he could have gone into any of their teams, I think that's the part of it. Because is he did he play spectacularly this year? He had a really good year. He had some good numbers. But did he do anything that would make him an MVP or anything like that? Kind of hard to say. It's just the, the effect he has overall. Uh, and, you know, to kind of tie it back into the Patriots, uh, because there was some talk when Danny Amendola went out and, you know, bad mouth the Patriot way. I don't think that's a very fair thing because there's obviously a lot more players than just Brady on the team. And, and even if you go back further uh, in early, you know, Brady career, there were Ty Law, Teddy Bruschi, uh, you know, all the big defensive names. But the Patriot way really hinged a lot on what Brady did too. Um, you know, if he, 10 years into his career, decided I wanted to be the highest paid quarterback, you know, I'm going to take some days off, all this stuff then, you know, it's harder for the rest of the team to buy in. So, like, that's kind of what he gives you. If if the best player on your team buys into the system, then you have no excuse not to. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And, and you know, I mean, look, we're going to have to just point this out here. Like, we're, we're speaking about this as mildly salty Pats fans. Um, and I, I will say that, again, like, having read, you know, the most recent book about the Patriots dynasty, I... You know, I, I came away with, with a different perspective on the way Brady left. Like, I mean, we, we've kind of talked about it being between Brady and Belichick and all this jazz. But, um, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and introduce my new secondary thought on that regard. Like, 
Brady left because his wife got sick of living in the cold. <laughs> like, I mean, like, this is, the, I'm, I'm, like, going off of what I read in the book here. And the, realistically speaking, Kraft fucking let him. So, um, you know, as much as I would like to sit here and say, well, Robert Kraft's a dumbass, like, he's done so much for this franchise, I can't actually complain. But, um, kind of a dumb move. I was just gonna say, I mean, that, that being said, like, it's just, like, I get the, like, he wanted to do right after, right by Brady after 20 years, but it's like, why, why like, why now? Like, why, why destroy, like, you know, I, I mean, to me, like, this, the team that we had this year, not great, but, like, if you had Brady and a receiver and a competent tight end, like, you're probably looking at it, like, at least, like, an AFC championship, you know, or as we like to call it up here, the Tom Brady Invitational. I, I mean, so. that's, that's, that's what it is, let's be honest. Yeah, at this point, if they don't rename the, like, like they should rename the Super Bowl trophy the Tom Brady trophy at this point. Yeah, he has more than anyone else in the world. Literally anybody else. And it's, it's, you know, if you take it year to year and you look back, it's not hard to necessarily blame someone from saying, like, hey, we have a 43-year-old quarterback, a four, you know, whatever age he was at the time. We don't want to sign him to a five-year deal because historically those don't work out. I mean, you, as much as we all agree that you know Brady's superhuman, you had to figure at some point time was going to catch up to him. Now it has. Let's be real. Ten years ago, we were talking about him like getting getting to be too old to play quarterback. Like, and here he is, like just fucking making us all look fat and stupid. Oh yeah, and and we don't need help looking fat. I mean, that's just easy. No, we're good at that. But it's, but he did have some stinkers in there, and and. You know, at some point he revived his career and won three more Super Bowls in, in New England. Uh, it, you know, it's. I think we've said this before. It's not so much the, the decision to let Brady go. I, I would have done anything to keep him a Patriot forever. So you know, that is what it is. But it's really that they had nothing to follow up on, um, and you know that goes back to being a salty Patriots fan. But you know that letting him go is a tough one because again. 43-year-old quarterbacks don't usually work out like this. Right, and I and I think, like, it sucks that they let him go, but I think you're right, though. Like, the, the blame is to be, to be laid at Belichick's feet for not having, like, the supporting cast to either, A, want Brady, make Brady want to stay around, or B, like, support a quarterback coming in. Like, you know, we, we can shit on Cam Newton all we want, and, like, Cam Newton was not a good quarterback last year, but... I would go ahead and say that I'm that like you know I said earlier that Brady could have taken twenty to twenty five teams to the Super Bowl. The Patriots were not one of those teams last year. Like who's he throwing to? There's there was nobody on this team that could catch the ball. Um, I mean Cam Newton had like multiple games where he finished a hundred under a hundred yards passing. Like how like that in twenty twenty. Like that is not that's <laughs> that's not how modern football works. No, and you know. Brady covered up for a lot of those mistakes in the past, and they would still go, you know, eleven and five, you know, ten and six, and make the playoffs and win around. And people would just say, like, yeah, everything's fine. We'll just, you know, you know, go for next year. And and that was a rebuilding year when you had Brady as a quarterback, but you don't have him anymore. So like a lot of those, you know, blemishes start to pop up a little bit more, and they mean a little bit more. So it's, you know. It was a tough decision to let him go, but to have nothing in return or, or you know, no weapons to help Cam Newton, it just, it just all compounds itself. Yeah, as crazy as this sounds, I kind of feel like Belichick got, sang, got sandbagged by Kraft on this one. Um, and the reason why I say that is, like, you know, 
when you know again like i'm referring to the dynasty by jeff benedict like again if you're a pats fan great book pick it up it's a really like it's a it's 500 pages of of goodness like it's a good read but the way that that all went down was basically like Kraft handled brady's contract separately from from bill for years like he he like he really did treat brady as like another son and you know, obviously, like, Belichick's not going to piss off Kraft and not going to piss off, you know, the guy who signs his checks, but, like, you know, he had to work around that. But the impression that I got from reading the book is that Brady deciding to leave was not necessarily a spur-of-the-moment decision for him. Like I said, like, his wife hated the cold. You know, being a Brazilian supermodel will do that to you. But also, like, he, like, you know, we talked about this a lot. In 2018, he decided to not bother showing up for OTAs and didn't do it in 2019 either. And you know, we've talked about, like, we've, we kind of blamed Nikhil Harry sucking all that butts because of that, you know, I, and granted, I'm not sure that Nikhil Harry is really going to pan out, you know, if anybody's thrown on the ball at this point, but, um, so where, where, I guess where I'm going with this is that I don't think Belichick had the succession plan in place because I think he thought he had, like, a couple more years of Brady. I thought he had, I think he thought that he had Brady till he was 45 at this point, and then, you know, that, that Robert Kraft would not let him go, and, like uh, of all, uh, like you know, of all the things here, like Belichick got got sidelined because, like, what the hell? You let him go? Yeah, and, and you know, I I hesitate because I I haven't read the book yet, so I can't say much. Uh, and I, I know we disagree with this a million times. I hate to even bring it up, but I do, you know, <laughs> subscribe a lot to the Seth Wickersham pieces. So I do think that there was, you know, some infighting in there and some disagreements. So, so I guess it really comes down to who do you think is to blame? And I, I think at the end of the day, three egos got together and couldn't make it work. And that's not a shot at them because for 20 years they did make it work. And, and really it should be celebrated that they were able to put their egos aside for so long and, and you know, win as much as they did. Um, I, I do wish it ended differently. I, you know, like I said, I wish Brady could have been a Patriot for life. Um, and, you know, maybe they could have made it work out, but at the same time, how often does it ever happen in sports? I mean, Michael Jordan played for another team, Wayne Gretzky played for another team, and, you know, Joe Montana played for another team. All, all these big stars hardly ever finished their career in one team. So it, you know, granted, it was probably a long shot to begin with, but I just hoped that he would have been the exception. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there. Like when I when I get down to it, like I, on an emotional level, I'm still sad that we let him go. Um, he should not have retired as anything but a Patriot, you know. And yet he's out here winning Super Bowls with a trash ass Florida team. So, um, yeah, still mad about that. Like I, I just. And I don't know that you can necessarily blame any one of the three when it comes to Brady, Belichick, and Kraft. Um, it's it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a thing where, like, even if you want to go through the whole, you know, the Wickersham piece, and like, granted, I I think Wickersham is you know a lying sack of shit. Um, I think he got a lot of anonymous anonymously sourced shit that was probably like the same people that gave out the Deflategate information. So, which was thoroughly and completely debunked as completely false. And the only reason it held up as a suspension is because the NFL players union can't fucking negotiate to save their lives. So Goodell could, you know, basically, you know, just, you know, appoint himself as like the fucking czar of football and nobody can do anything about it. Cause the page, the players were like, yeah, sure. That's fine. Yep, and he did that. So, yep. That, and that was still super dumb, but I think like 
the the way that I that I read this, and, and like granted, this is like five hundred pages of supporting evidence that that led to this piece, you know, on the book. And and I get that you haven't read it yet, and I would strongly recommend that you do. I will say, um, you know, to me, like I think you're right that like there is, it was great that they were able to stay stay together for twenty years. Um, I just like I I wish that more had been done. I don't think that Belichick was ever in a at a point where he was trying to get rid of Brady. Like I think Belichick was thinking that Brady would be done before he was, which we all were. Like you, you can't even blame Belichick on that one. But I think that like his succession plan was probably timed for sometime between 2016 and 2018, and you know when they had to get rid of Garoppolo and they were just signing people on one-year deals, and by 2019 the receiver position was completely fucked. You know, I mean, you're signing, like, Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown off the street, and neither one of them could, could stay on the field. Like, you know, everything went to shit. So. Yeah. And and to go back to the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, so, you know, regardless of what you feel about the Wicker Shimpies, I think we can both agree that Bill likely drafted Jimmy G thinking, this is my next quarterback, because, yes. you know, at the time, Brady had come off a pretty bad year, or, or not a bad year, but by his standards, not great, and they hadn't won in a little while. So... It's not unreasonable for Bill to think, I have an aging quarterback, his his contract's up soon, I have to make a move here. And I don't blame him for doing that. And then, you know, what happens? Brady all of a sudden finds the fountain of youth and plays well again. So then that's kind of where the decision had to be made. Do you stick with Jimmy G or do you stick with Brady? And it's it's they made the right choice because they won more Super Bowls by keeping Brady what you just did was sort of mortgage your future. And Jimmy G hasn't worked out necessarily in San Francisco. I personally think that he could come back to, you know, uh, Foxborough and, and revive his career a little bit, but either way. Um, so it, it looks like they made the right choice, but they just don't have a young quarterback now to take over for Brady. So it's, it, it hamstrung him on one sense, but you know, they won on the other hand. So it's, you know, a very complicated situation. It really is, and I, I think like what it comes down to is like, do you think like like if if we just say that like you know, let's say you draft Jimmy G in in twenty fourteen as they do, and like you know Jimmy takes over the starting job in twenty eighteen, and let's let's just say Brady retires for shits and giggles, you know. So they it, let's say you know in twenty eighteen they won the Super Bowl, they won their sixth. That was against the Rams again. You know, do you think that? Jimmy G gives this team a chance to win a Super Bowl in 2019 or 2020? So for me, I kind of, I lean yes. And I know it hasn't worked out in San Francisco, but I, I do think for the, what did we see Jimmy G for? Two or three games that it was before he got hurt, which is a, a very yeah. small sample, granted. I thought he, he gets hurt a lot. Let's we got we got to put that out there too. Right, and and that, and I think that's fair to hold against a player. Um, it it may not sound fair because, you know, getting hurt can also you know it's not always their fault. But if a player gets hurt a lot, it's probably a, you know it's a pattern. So you know that's on Jimmy G. I thought with Bill and in the New England system, he could have been pretty good. And you know at this time, the Bills still hadn't become what they were. So you still had a bad division. So almost guaranteed to win that division and get in the playoffs. And then, you know, who else in the AFC is really a powerhouse? I, I did think that you probably had a chance to, you know, knock at the door of a Super Bowl. 
Yeah, I see. I guess I, we just fundamentally disagree on that. Like, because the way I look at it is that, you know, Jimmy has been with Kyle Shanahan for, you know, what is it now, three, four seasons and hasn't done jack. Like, Kyle Shanahan is a quarterback whisperer. Um, and, like, let me just put this out there. Josh McDaniels, as far as we know, is not. Like, he... <laughs> At no point has Josh McDaniels coached a quarterback who's not named Tom Brady to anything but, you know, garbage. Um, Josh McDaniels drafted Team Tebow in the first round. Like we, That needs to be repeated over and over again. Josh McDaniels drafted Tim Tebow, arguably the worst quarterback to ever set foot in the National Football League, in the first round. Oh yeah, he should never lose that stank. No, I, I don't care if Josh McDaniels goes and wins like 18 more Super Bowls in his life. He drafted Tim Tebow in the first round. All that out of the way. To me, like, this team, like, with Jimmy, like, even if you want to say that, like, Jimmy gives them, like, some sort of, like, lesser rate, like, somehow Belichick uses some financial wizardry to keep him at, like, the below market rate, so instead of having his, like, $25 million a year deal, he's on, like, 10 or 15 somehow. Like, it's all going to come down to, like, who is he throwing to? And he's throwing to some really good receivers in San Francisco. Like, he's got George Kittle, who is probably the closest thing to prime Gronk, although he's he's not that. Like, they've got Debo Samuel. They had Brandon Ayuk this year, who was a hell of a receiver. They've had a bunch of receiving options out of the backfield, like Juszczyk, uh, um, what's it called, Coleman. Uh, McKinnon didn't pan out, I don't think, but... Um, was it Mostert, too, was, it, was out there? Like, they've had, a, like, a hell of an offensive personnel and obviously the san francisco defense is no joke either but again like jimmy got them to the super bowl and then got outplayed by patrick mahomes like yeah and at no point did i ever get the sense that jimmy g was the reason that that team was going to like get to a super bowl so i I guess to me like where where i land on this is that like jimmy g might have been the succession plan but to me if you're gonna say like look you can either have like jimmy g for 10 years Or you can have Brady for five years and he's going to win you. And, you know, like, give me Brady for five years. Like, because clearly, like, A, it it worked. But B, like, I just don't think that Jimmy has what it is, what it takes to elevate the players around him. And that's something that Brady does. But not just Brady, but, like, that's what great quarterbacks have. You know, Rodgers turned Devontae Adams into the best receiver in the league, arguably. You know, Patrick Mahomes, as much as I hate anyone he, he is or throws to, like, has made Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill household names. You know, I look at everybody that Peyton Manning threw to. Like, the great quarterbacks make their skill players better. And Jimmy G just ain't, it ain't that to me. So, I, I, you know, I fully admit that, like, a lot of my my thought on him is not really based on any kind of stat or anything like that. Like, I watch the games you watch. I, I don't think he's... I don't think he's great. You know, even in the year they went to the Super Bowl, he's part of the reason they lost it when they should have probably won it. Um, yep. I, I would like to have known what it would have been like if he played his whole career in New England and that the succession worked out and he stayed with Bill the whole time and he coached him up. I don't like McDaniels a whole lot. Uh, we've gone over that a bunch of times. But I... When I think about it, my thought is that Bill would be coaching him up and not necessarily like teaching him mechanics or going over plays, but, you know, we used to, one of the things we loved as a Patriot fan in Brady's early days were those early morning meetings that Brady and Bill would sit together in a room and go over the game plan and talk about what they saw. I bet they didn't do that at the end of his career in New England, but I think Bill would probably start to do that with Jimmy G. And I, I just, 
I don't think you can necessarily quantify what Bill could have done for Jimmy. And maybe it's too late. Maybe even if he comes back, we'll never see it. Uh, and maybe I'm a you know complete moron for thinking that. But I, I that's how I just would have liked to see how that that whole thing played out. I, I can't argue with that point. And you know I do think that you're right that we people in general undersell Belichick's influence on Brady. Like I will go ahead and say that Brady is the most cerebral quarterback of all time. If you come at me with that Peyton Manning bullshit, I, I will strike you down so far, so hard. Brady's the smartest quarterback of all time. And I think the reason for that is from day one, Belichick taught him what the defense is trying to do to him and how everything looks and why it looks that way and what's going on. Like you, like you just see like the progression, like of Brady's, you know, abilities as a passer, like in from Oh one, when he was really just a game manager and not a particularly good one all the way up to like, say, like you see him like just go off in the playoffs in, you know, oh four, oh three, oh seven, you know, and turn into this just fully formed, just master quarterback. And really, the only thing that's ever been able to stop Brady is the one, the one thing that stops every quarterback, and that's guys hitting him before he can throw the damn ball. Like, it, there's only so much that can be done at that point. So, to me, yeah, I, I agree with you that like I, I would like to see, I would have liked to see how it would have worked out with Jimmy, but I, like it, there's just no way in my mind that I could justify you know, in like 2014, 2015, 2016, letting Brady go or retire and then saying like, yeah, yeah, we'll just turn the keys over to Jimmy. Like it, I, I, I get what you're saying. I just don't think that like short of Brady retiring early, I I can't really see that working out. Right. And, And that's the hardest part of my argument is because the, the question isn't, would you rather have Jimmy G now versus Brady now? It was, you know, back in 2014, would you rather, you know, keep Jimmy G and let Brady walk, or would you rather trade Jimmy G and keep Brady for the next couple of years? And obviously, they made the right decision because they won Super Bowls out of it. Um, so, it, it you can't you can't have it both ways, um, and and that's the tough part about it. So again, it goes back to fine, you made the right choice keeping Brady and you let Jimmy go, but now what's your plan? And they just didn't fully reset, or they maybe they expected Brady to be here longer than he was or, you know, there, there was a disconnect there and it just didn't work out. Yeah. It's it, like I said, I, I really think that what this year came down to was I like, I, I honestly think Belichick got caught off guard because I don't think he expected Kraft to ever let Brady go. Like, I think he was just kind of relying on that as a, as a safety net and then building the team around him from there. So you know, did he get caught with his pants down? Yeah. What, is that something that happens to Belichick very often? Uh, no, I would dare say it is not. But it's he's definitely got to figure something out. I mean, to me, the number one thing that they have to do this year is they have got to figure out what's going on at the quarterback position. And Cam Newton cannot be the answer. You cannot have a one- to two-year guy at quarterback right now. Like, this team needs to rebuild. The, defen- the defense is old. Um, the pass rush is non-existent. The receiving core is, I, I apparently like got friggin' dusted in in the snap in friggin' Avengers. Like I, I don't know where that is, but you know Belichick's got a lot to do here. Like they've got to figure out the quarterback, they've got to figure out the receiving core, and you know like look, they've got Tooney and Andrews are supposed to leave. They might have to figure out the offensive line too. Yeah, they they got a real big job ahead of them, and, and 
like you said, the most important thing is quarterback. Uh, it, anyone who's been like reading any of the news around New England or anything like that, all of a sudden it feels like a lot of talking heads in the media are saying like, oh, I, I just wouldn't be surprised if they bring back Cam. Like, you know, people that have ties to the team and like some of the people around the team, it it, it just makes me worry that they're just like, you know, give it, trying to give us a soft landing for when it happens. Not not that it could, but that it's already basically been decided. And, and now it's just, you know, start putting it out in the media so it's not a shock and people are kind of attuned to it because, uh, you know, that's that's my biggest fear right now. And, you know, you can say what you want about Cam Newton getting the COVID season and it was a shortened offseason, all that stuff. I don't want to see him back. I mean, hopefully he has success somewhere else, maybe. But I, I just... I think if they brought him back, I'm done for the season. I, I can't imagine they'd go anywhere with him. To me, the only reason you bring Cam back at this point is if you've either got a high draft pick to sit behind him for a year, or if you're just going to outright tank. Um, and obviously, I know tanking's not real in the NFL unless you're in Cleveland. But to me, like the only the only thing that would make sense further than this is like if you were if Belichick were to say sit here and think that like this team is nowhere near competing even this year which I don't think is necessarily off base like I, you're going to need exactly the right mix of guys to to come in here and make this a winning team um let alone like a Super Bowl caliber team so you know maybe Belichick decides instead that he trades off a couple of aging veterans you know maybe Stefan Gilmore is playing for Jacksonville next year maybe Devin McCourty goes to a team like the Ravens. I, I mean, you know, which would make me puke. I just want to be clear on that. Ugh, I would hate um, that. If he trades Matthew Slater, I shit someone's pants. That's for that's for sure. Oh yeah, we can't we can't um, lose Slater. Yeah, no, 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 nobody, nobody touches Slater. No, but no. <laughs> <laughs> nobody touches our special teamers. Damn it! No, oh, those are New England players. God damn it! <laughs> oh man. Um, that being said, though, it. I I could understand it if they decide to just like kind of tank this season roll with a bunch of rookies and then really like roll a bunch of cap space over to next year and just really make a run in 2022. I I could understand it. I would also say that why the fuck didn't you do that this year? Um, But at the same time, like, you know, Belichick's a competitive guy. They play Brady this year. I kind of expect him to go hard on that one. Like I, I, I expect there to be some action here. So we'll see. We'll have to see what happens. I mean, Belichick's never a guy that that moves without thinking three steps ahead. So it, it'll be interesting. But my God, they have got to do something about that offensive skill position group because it is garbage. Yeah, it, it's not great. And I I agree with you. Like if they if they were going to tank the season, it should have been this year. And even if you went into the season thinking, well, we have Cam, we'll see what we can do. Let's move forward. It was it was apparent about halfway through the season that it wasn't going to happen. And you definitely could have started tanking then and wound up with a pretty decent pick. Um, so I, I think they mismanaged that. And I, I don't think that Belichick is of the mind to do it again. So he had a bad season this year. They went 7-9. and I don't think he wants to do it again. I expect that they're going to try pretty hard to be a good team next year. Yeah, I, I would think so. And honestly, like this is the year too because they're about sixty million bucks under the cap in a year when everybody's going to have to cut guys to get under the cap. I mean, if you're if you're Belichick and you can get like the some of like the top two three guys and let's be real, probably at a slightly reduced rate because of the salary cap going down, like this 
this year, this offseason, seems like it's set up to be a Belichick special. The one thing that's a variable now, though, is like New England used to be a place where if you're a free agent, like you'd listen to them because you might have the chance to play with Tom Brady. You don't have the chance to play with Tom Brady up here anymore. So can they get guys? And, you know, not for nothing, this is something that like needs to be said out loud. It's really apparent in uh, basketball. But also a little bit baseball, and I and I think we'll probably see it in football at some point here too. Like Boston sports teams have had trouble in recent years attracting marquee free agents, and one of the things, like for better or worse, is that there is a lot of how do I put this gently? Oh, well, you know what? Why bother putting it gently? A lot of a lot of black athletes think that Boston is a racist place to play. You know, and that goes back to things that happened way before we were born and, you know, people that still show up to games with their fucking Trump hats and shit. Um, you know, I, I don't know why you would sit there and watch a sport played by mostly black guys when, you know, you, if, you, if you hate them so much. But, you know, whatever. You keep being stupid, Republicans. Yeah, that's basically the end of it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, you got to you got to wonder, like, is that going to work against Belichick? Yeah. And, and you know, that. That's the tough part about it is because, you know, you did see it in, in basketball a lot. And, and to some extent, you see it, you've seen it with the Red Sox here. And, you know, regardless of what you like, I know it's easy to get defensive on that one for a lot of people where it's like, well, Boston's not racist because, of, you know, all these different reasons. It, it's really not up to us to decide that. And, and even if it isn't true, that's the perception. And a lot, oftentimes perception is reality. So regardless of how you feel about it, it's obviously an issue for, you know, African-American players. So that is a strike against us that, you know, will hurt free agents coming in and kind of in the NBA model. Another part of it is, um, would players rather be in Florida in January or would they rather be in New England in January? I mean, that's, I mean, not yeah, a, e- even I sometimes sort of think I'd rather be in Florida <laughs> in January and I hate Florida. Right. Like it, it you know, it, it's the the Northeast is a hard place to live in in the winter, and like that's when all these sports are playing. So it's there's just a lot of different things that work against them, and having Brady always helped that because again, you knew you had a chance to win, and I thought Belichick being a coach would be a draw, but now it's kind of like a player can look at it and say, well, you got rid of Brady and went seven and nine and he won a Super Bowl in Florida. So where am I going to go now? So it, it's, they got a lot of things working against him. It's going to be a tough off season. Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, I think if anybody can pull it off, it's Belichick, but like he's, he's got to, he's going to have to do Like he's going to need a masterful off season. And now granted, he's had some masterful off seasons before. And sometimes we've been sitting here like, well, that was dumb. Why would you do that? And then you, you know, you're watching the Super Bowl parade in, in February and you're like, oh yeah, that's why. Oh yeah, that worked. Yeah. I mean, look, so, if anyone's <laughs> capable of it, it's him. Yeah, and, you know, as much as we love armchair quarterbacking, I mean, like, we, this is the GOAT coach we're talking about here. You, <laughs> second guessing is not a thing. Like, no matter how much we do it, like, we're, we're never going to be have the same record as him. Oh, no, do it at your own peril. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, but, you know, it should be an interesting offseason. Like I said, Patriots have, like, I think the third most cap space, and they don't, you know, have, like, they've got a few guys to re-sign, but not that many. So we'll have to see what turns out. But, you know, you never know. This is the NFL. Everything it's, it stands for is not for long. Yeah, I mean, it could change on a dime. They get a good quarterback. A lot of the things that we complain about being bad kind of goes out the window. 
yeah, I think there's definitely some options out there, too, which we'll have to discuss at another time, because we're coming to an end of this Loose Balls podcast. But, you know, as the Mega Bros, I'm Donnie. And I'm Danny. And you guys all have a great time, because the Patriots are the best, and the Bills suck, and the Jets suck, and the Dolphins suck, and everybody else sucks. Go Pats. Go Pats.